Hello and welcome to Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters. I am your host, Vicky Midwood, and I am bringing you this podcast bi-weekly. We will be talking to guests and I will be talking on my own alternately all about subjects that we want to bring to the forefront of conversations. This is non-censored stuff on subjects that perhaps we don't talk about enough and I truly believe that nothing should be taboo and the more we can talk about things, the more we can bring things into the open, the more we can be totally honest about how we feel and what we think without worrying about judgment from other people, the better. So thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is for you. It is Vicky Midwood here. I am the Addiction Eliminator and your host on Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters. And yeah, this is a solo episode. You've had a, a couple with me having guests and I've got a couple more amazing guests lined up for you for the next two episodes. But I thought I'd just jump in on my own today and just share with you a little bit about why discipline is freedom. And I know that sounds completely contradictory because how can being disciplined equal freedom? So I'm going to explain a little bit more, but I'm talking about it in terms of being resistant to change. And this is something that, that comes up so many times in the work that I do with the people that I help with issues around food, body image, weight, anxiety, and alcohol dependence. And it's something that we all kind of know that we do it and we all assume that it's perfectly normal to re be resistant to change because we hear it all the time, don't we? Oh, change is hard. It's so hard to change. Well, it doesn't have to be. But the more that we tell ourselves that change is hard, then the more we are going to find ways to make change hard so for those of you who don't yet know me very well, um, I am somebody who is very much involved in the complete belief that what we think about, we bring about. We are vibrational beings. Um, that's science fact. We are all vibrating on frequencies and our thinking creates different vibrations. And the law of attraction in terms of reciprocation is absolutely real. What we put out energetically, we will get back more of energetically. It's called the law of reciprocity. What you put out there, you get back. So if you think that change is hard and you talk about how hard change is, then you are absolutely going to find that change is hard because that's what you are vibrating. And you will find ways to make sure that you stay aligned with your vibration. So, and for those of you who think I'm talking woo-woo, please do check out some uh, to some scientific research on energy vibration, the law of reciprocity and the law of attraction in terms of um Looking at medical people, so uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman is somebody I suggest you go listen to or have a read or listen to um, Joe Dispenza. Um, there are lots and lots of neuro-based 
um, uh, doctors, physicians, who all absolutely understand that this is not, in inverted commas, woo-woo stuff. Um, this is actually real and it's it's scientific. Now, the reason that I'm saying that is because we do have the power to make change much easier if we want to. And that's the key, if we want to. And the reason that I wanted to share this with you is that by default, the human brain, so not your mind, because when we talk about thinking thoughts and putting energetic vibrations out there, we're gonna we do that with our mind. But our brain is designed to keep us safe particularly the oldest part of our brain, which is the reptile part of the brain. So if you think of your brain in kind of three parts, depending on the age of it, the, the reptile brain is, is the oldest bit, it includes the brain stem and the limbic system. So that oldest part of the brain had, had one reason to help us and one only, and that was survival. So think reptiles. Um, when we were around millions and billions of years ago, the threat was dying of starvation or the threat was being eaten by something else. And that was pretty much it. And so we got pretty damned excellent at being aware of the signs and signals of a potential threat. And if we felt that we were starving, we would find the energy, even if we had no energy, but we saw food, we would find the energy to suddenly go sprint and, and get that food because the that survival mechanism is powerful. Now, in today's world, obviously, we don't need to survive. So change the word threat, threat on your life, threat on survival to stress. Now, the stress response is the same response that was emitted, created within our cells, whether we were reptiles thinking that we might starve to death and therefore had the energy to go and, and get that kill so that we didn't, or it's the stress of you feeling that you can't cope with everything, feeling overwhelmed, feeling uncomfortable. Now, all of those things create a stress response in your body. And that is the same as a threat response. And you now realize that what does your body think is going to happen if you are under threat? Well, it thinks you might die. So it's going to do everything in its power for you to keep on doing what you are doing because feeling uncomfortable and anxious and out of sorts with what you're doing because it's new and it's different and it's not familiar, that equals threat. And so to the oldest part of your brain, threat equals death. And that's why people talk about change being so difficult and so hard. Actually, it's not. It's uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar, right? But it's actually not difficult or hard if you ignore the oldest part of the brain, because now you understand that the other bits of the brain are newer and they don't have that powerful survival instinct in the same way. So after the reptile brain, we had what we then call the next newer part, which is the mammalian brain. And this is when we started to, you know, sort of walk walk on the, the earth as opposed to just being reptiles and and create communities and 
we needed to feel nurtured and connected and a part of and so that's when we started to, to to form tribes and to stick together and to help one another out and before there was the language that we had today it was kind of the unspoken um expectations slash rules um and that's how social conditioning first began of the men went out to hunt food and the women stayed and they, they were the ones that had the babies and they kept the food stores and they made sure that there was somewhere warm they kept the fires going and all of that kind of stuff and so you can see how we evolved and we have kept a lot of that same behavior going it's been there for billions of years and what gets fired in our nervous system gets wired so when we keep repeating the same patterns they become automatic we don't have to consciously think about them anymore and this is another reason why people talk about change being hard and why we're resistant to it because what we have got going on a lot of the time is habits and patterns that actually we've not even become aware of we don't even know that we're doing them and so the first bit of us being able to change anything is to now become aware of what we're actually doing and for a lot of people they don't like it they don't like being aware of what they're doing because if they're aware of what they're doing they actually have to take ownership of it and that's where a lot of resistance comes in so if we if we deny what we're doing if we don't think about it and we don't focus on it we can kid ourselves that we are not responsible for it it's somebody else's fault well i do this because it's expected or well, i do that well because i've always done it um and you know, my dad did it, or my mum did it, or my auntie did it, or I was taught to do it at school. And so we stick to those reasons, telling ourselves that it's it's not our fault, and it's therefore not our responsibility to take ownership of it and change. And this is where we have to call bullshit on that. Because if you actually do genuinely want to change and don't want to keep repeating those old patterns and behaviours, especially when it comes to things like perfectionism and people-pleasing um, and your own behaviours around habits that you have created around food and drink, whether that's as a reward, whether it's as a way to relax, whether it is emotional eating or binge eating, whether it's you actually not realizing that you've created an anxiety of being anxious and when you're not anxious you will find something to be anxious about because you have wired and connected and fired your nervous system to believe that that is who you are and when you're not that that to you can feel like a threat because if suddenly now you're not anxious all the time and worried about something well who are you who are you gosh, that's unfamiliar and that's unknown. And as far as the reptile brain is concerned, that's a threat and threat equals death. And so for clients that I work with, when they, when they first hear me say this, they now understand why I say it is, you know, I have to keep reminding you that you are not going to die. If you feel uncomfortable, you won't die. If you're in pain, you're very unlikely to die from pain. How you perceive that pain, what stories you're telling yourself around that pain, well, that's a different story. Now, will pain sometimes feel like you're dying? Yes. Will discomfort 
and and the unknown feel so difficult for you to manage that you might rather die absolutely yes and i'm not denying that at all however this is where discipline comes in because it gives you the freedom to allow yourself to remind yourself that actually although it feels like it you won't actually die and if you take some specific steps no matter what on a daily basis which is what discipline is it's doing daily steps even if you don't feel like it you still do them you know they're what I call non-negotiables in other words it doesn't matter what is going on in your world there are always certain things that you do and I don't mean a shopping list full of things that you do because that in itself is going to be overwhelming and you're going to take one look at it and go oh I'm faced with any of that, which again is perfectly normal because how we perceive things when we look at a long list is again something that is very much dependent on how we were brought up. But for the majority of us, we look at it and we automatically go straight to, I haven't got time to do all of that today. I'm never going to get it done. And, And guess what? you don't have the time and you don't get it done. Now, some people call that self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not. You attracted that. You put out the energy for that and that is exactly what you got. And this is where helping people to understand that being aware of your thoughts all of the time is one of the keys to allowing yourself to let go of the resistance to change because only by being totally aware of what you're thinking all of the time can you call bullshit on the thoughts that are the ones that are being fueled by your survival brain and you can go hang on a minute I know why I'm thinking this it is the fact that my reptile brain is the fastest part of my brain it's the oldest part of the brain and it's the one that is always going to kick in And then the youngest part of the brain, which is the third part of the brain, is your human brain. And the human brain is what differentiates us from mammals. It allows us to have perception and decision-making skills. Now, it's debatable whether that actually makes us superior or not, to be quite honest. But it is actually the slowest part of the brain. So when we're in a, a situation where we kind of start to feel as if we're beginning to get anxious or overwhelmed, then the fastest part of the great brain is going to kick in straight away. And it's going to tell you not to do it, or it will kick in more powerfully with that stress response. And it will send you into a state of fight, flight or freeze. And for some people that equals a panic attack. And when I explain to people that that panic attacks are actually created by their own thinking, it's something that's difficult to take on board. And the reason for that is what I've already explained, because a lot of those thoughts are so familiar, you're not even aware that they're going through your head. And also the response then from the body kicks in so quickly that you don't even get the time to even know that, that you have actually created this by your thoughts, because it just seems to come upon you so fast. And allowing you to create a state of discipline actually allows you to get free from all of that. It allows you to get free from the feelings of overwhelm and anxiety. The key to it is that you have to create the discipline, the non-negotiables, the steps that you need 
to help you to understand that by doing these things on a daily basis, you will free yourself of the patterns that you have created that were not serving you. And so this is why I'm what I mean by discipline is freedom. Now, to begin with, will it require some conscious effort? Well, yes, of course it does, because if we're doing things automatically, unconsciously, and we are 95% of the time, then if we want to do things different, we have to be conscious about it, right? And the key to change is being conscious. Now, being conscious is not hard, but if you think about it, most of us think that we're conscious when we're awake. For most of the time, actually, we're not. We're, we're really not. We're only conscious 5% of the time. So if I asked you to try and increase your effort by 1%, try to be conscious for 1% more of the day than you are unconscious, that is how you make change easy. And that is how you implement discipline. And my suggestion is that you start your day with those non-negotiable patterns and you get really clear and really disciplined about what you are going to do that day. Um, I am an advocate of having a, a morning routine, but should your morning routine be a carbon copy of somebody else's morning routine that you've read about, heard about? No, it absolutely should not. It should be your own morning routine that works for you and sets you up in a way that means you can be disciplined for the rest of the day. And what does that actually look like? Well, let me give you an example for me, but remember, don't copy me. This is just an example. But for me, that means getting absolutely clear on just three things that I will achieve by the end of the day. And my day has not ended until I have achieved those three things. Now, initially, I found that certain things took me longer than I anticipated. There was more moving parts involved than me simply writing something down, like create a landing page for your new offer. Because there are, for those of you who, who understand about technology and landing pages, it's not just create a page. There's lots of other moving bits that need to fit within that page and link stuff together. But these are the things that you then break it down and go, okay, right, so how do I do that? So I need to do that bit, that bit, and that bit. And what I learned to do then was take those steps and use those individual steps as part of my three things. So it might be that I didn't create the whole thing in one day. But I learned that through practice, right? Because I can't know what I don't know, and neither can you. And this is, again, going back to this resistance to change. When we don't know how to do something, when we don't know what's next and around the corner, when we don't know what to expect from an event, that, again, is going to kick in that threat and that and that response that happens automatically within your body because back to the reptile brain, the unknown creates a sensation, a feeling, a vibration that is interpreted as a threat and threat equals death and your brain wants you to survive. So it says, no, 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 don't do that. Keep doing what you know, keep doing what's safe, keep doing what's familiar. So this is not about willpower and, and this is something that's so important. When we feel resistant to change, don't blame willpower. 
It's not that. It is your body's and your brain's natural survival instinct to do what it knows to stay safe. But we can only change if we have the discipline to be aware of our thoughts. Catch those thoughts that actually are not true in today's world. They are no longer true. You do not need to just survive. Actually, we want to thrive. So call bullshit on the thoughts. And then you want to be thinking about what you do want. Because if we are focusing our brain and our mind on what we don't want, as I said right at the start, we are going to vibrate the energy of the stuff that we don't want. So if I'm thinking about not being stressed and not being anxious, if I'm thinking about not being tired, if I'm thinking about not wanting to spend too long on something because I'm short of time, then all of those things are actually going to happen. I am going to feel anxious and I am going to feel more tired and I am not going to have enough time because that's what I'm giving out. So have the discipline to catch your thoughts. Is it hard? No. Does it take effort? Yes. And notice there the language, the change of the word that I chose to use because words are powerful and we all have our own perceptions of what words mean. And hard to me is like a tabletop. That's hard. That's a hard surface. It's hard, right? Actually doing something and helping my mind to focus on something else, that's not hard. It's effort, right? Effort gets results. And that's what I help people to do. And that's why I work with people now on a on a one-to-one basis in a short period of time. So I do VIP days where we can go through all of the stuff that I've just described, where you get to spend a day with me at a wonderful venue that's not a million miles away from where you are. And we can sit together and we can go through exactly why you feel resistant to change, what it is that you actually want to change and why do you want to change it? What's the outcome that you want? What are the results? And then I can help you to understand that change is not hard. We just need to look at where you can create your own disciplines to be able to implement in a way that is not overwhelming for you. And you get to blast away all of the fears and all of the anxiety and the addictive patterns of behavior that you've created. And can we do it fast in one day where you are the sole focus? Absolutely. And that's why I offer my VIP days and I will be running those all the way through November and December. So get in touch with me if you want to jump on a VIP day with me. The the criteria for doing that is you are not in a space where you're just thinking maybe change would be nice. You are actually in a space to be ready to, to do what you need to do and actually get results. And if you want to do that and feel free before 2023, then get in touch with me. There are details in the show notes, or you can connect with me via email at vicky at vickymidwood.com or jump on my website and book a call with me. My website is vickymidwood.com. And I hope to see you on a VIP day before the end of this year. Thank you for watching. Sorry, you're not even watching. Thank you for listening. 
and have a great day wherever you are. Folks, change is not hard. Discipline does equal freedom and you can change and it's fun. Have a good one.